initiate startup process. Now, all the way live. Hey, yo, <laughs> y'all know what this is. Jamming the most hip-hop and R&B. I want to introduce to y'all. Infamous. Call your friends and tell them it's going down now. It's going down. Woo! You understand that? This is live. Let's go. In five, four, three, two, one. We're live right now, facebook.com slash Nation. I'm your host, the infamous Amadeus. This is the infamous hour. Now, unfortunately, the fan line is not available today, but I will be taking questions in the chat. And the first question, someone asked me if I'm the same guys on National Geographic. Yes, I am one of the same. Now a radio host, and I'm here with Petey Crack. It ain't about me, it's about the boy. Petey Crack, you mentioned R&B. We had a bunch of R&B artists come from Philadelphia, particularly Teddy Pettigrass, and the list goes on and on. How important was the original chemistry of the soul music into the current hip-hop that we hear now? Because a lot of the mainstream artists from Philly are still kind of lyrical with, with, with a soulful element. I mean, well, that's the thing. Philadelphia had them spitters, man. We always had the dope spitters, and we got a lot of iconic people like Patty LaBelle, uh, like you said, Teddy P, Boys mm-hmm. the Men, and all of that. So I think even up to now, we uh, most of the artists that came after them, rap artists, I'm going to speak for myself, rap artists, I didn't even know at the time, though, but I was just living there and being inspired that people came from out our city and that make you feel like you can do it too. That's that's. That alone right there, man, when, when somebody, when it's that close, like I remember when Boys the Men had shot the Motown Philly vid mm-hmm. in front of Geno's. And right in front of Geno's, there's two poles, paused, standing like around the corner. And it got like these uh, horse, uh, like horses on top of the poles. And I saw, I saw the video and Wanye was was standing on the poles. And I, I, I hooked school just to go down there, just to touch the poles, the paws, just to stand there. But I was inspired. I was like, yo, they from here. So it made me feel like I could do it. You know what I'm saying? It felt more, a little more realistic, like accessible. You know what I'm saying? Opposed to before them, I'm watching Big Daddy Kane and Rock Him and all of that. i never seen them in my life. They didn't even seem like real people. I'm like, damn, New York. i never been in New York. As a kid, I'm like, yo, this is like, is this even a real place? So I just didn't think that I didn't, wasn't sure if I could do it. But when my man Freeway got on and We've been together all these years. I seen him get on. I knew I was going to do for certain I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, if that answers the question. No, it, it, it absolutely, absolutely do. Now, now, you burst around the scene, I want to say 2000, 2001, like around that era mm-hmm. when music started to change. But, but so, 2002, but how far back does you being an MC go? And what was like your early beginnings, like, you know, as an unsigned artist grinding and trying to get to where you needed to go? Yo, that, that was the hardest well, I ain't gonna say that was the hardest part, but that was the part that I felt like I worked um, musically and lyrically more than to get the recognition just for somebody to even notice me. I've been in mad groups and did mad battles and talent shows and just uh, challenges. And I was doing everything since I was 12. Since I was 12 years old, I've been just, just f- trying to find a way and it seemed like when I got signed in 2002, I was about 23 or 24. Um, it was a blessing. Uh, Dame Dash signed me. And um, the business side just was easy. I just kind of just jumped into the Rockefeller machine. And, and, and thank God the boss is like, Dame, he loved me so much. He really just let me do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But the process before I got there was just mad groups. Like me and Freeway was in a group together. 
uh, called Ice City. And uh, me and him, we rhymed in school. And people don't know this about me and Free. I knew Free since I was about eight years old. We grew up a block apart from each other. Mm-hmm. We both lived with our, like, at our grandma crib. So it just, we had a long history, man. We could, our history so ill, it could be like a, a, a actual, like a movie. You know what I'm saying? But I go way back, man. I go way back. What was it like walking into that Rockefeller machine at that time? Because I mean, we're, we're talking about Jay-Z at his height. And then obviously we had Beanie. We had the pre-emergence of Kanye. And then we also had Freeway and Memphis Bleak and the other elements that were around. Uh, Just Blaze was the dominant producer at this time. So what was it like going into this element as an emerging MC? First getting there, it was, it was, it was scary. You know what I mean? Because it's something that I've been trying to make it to uh, forever, it felt like. And when I got there, it happened so quick that it wasn't like a process, process that I could uh, get my, pull myself together and kind of prepare for. I was, I, was, I was prepared for the street rap, and you know what I mean? In the hood, I was a hood star, but I'm just being in a, a room with Jay and Bleak and Beans, and I just was watching them on TV. I was home as a fan with everybody else. And now I'm just here like overnight, I'm right here. And they like, and now they looking at me like, yo, what's up? What, what you got? So it was scary, but that pressure, I transformed that pressure into, uh, I said, I know I got to do something cause it's too crazy up here for me to come up short. If I come short, I'm be out of here. Cause it ain't no room for that here. If you're not, if I'm not bringing nothing strong to the table, these all stars already, they're going to get me out of here. I seen the vibe. They ain't coming to room. He's not playing around. Like, mm-hmm. he come in, he coming directly at you. You're not slipping through the cracks up this joint. Mm-hmm. So that pressure, I dug deep, man. And I'm I'm blessed that God that I had that in me. You know what I'm saying? To make that decision, just like, yo, be creative, crack, dig deep, and do something that they didn't got up here. That'll make you um, uh, not a liability, but... Asset. 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 So I dug deep and I was like, Yo, I gotta come up here and talk, like get crazy up this joint. And I rolled the dice and I just I just start creating flows, man. And then I they just start taking a liking to it. And that was just a blessing, man. It just it started started rolling. I started getting on these records like flip side, yeah. got the habit and all of that. And it just started working out for me. It started doing a domino effect, and it was just unbelievable, man. But yeah, it was hard in the beginning, man. It ain't easy, man. Straight up. When Jay-Z looking at you through the glass and you in the booth. Yeah, you know I man. Yeah, it's different, t- you it's can't different type of pressure. You don't want to leave that impression on him. Yeah, different type of pressure. You want to let him know, like, yo, I do, I could do this. So thank God I had it. You know what I'm saying? Once again, we're live right now, Facebook.com slash Boombap Nation. I'm your host, the infamous Amadeus. This is the infamous hour. I have Philly Zone. Petey crack in the building who is enjoying a nice glass of champagne. Was that Coleco? What, what was that we drinking over there? Only the click, my only the click. <laughs> only. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Not not only the click, man. Nah, the click, the click is, the click is dope. I prefer, I prefer the click. Nah, but, the click. The, the click is dope. So if you watch right now on Facebook, unfortunately the fan line is not open today, but I am taking questions. So if you have a question for Petey Crack, I'll be scanning the chat looking for questions. And the very first question that I saw was kind of like the name change that they saw on the Neo record, right? So we had Petey Crack, and then when the Neo record came out, it was Petey Petey. Were you catching backlash for having Crack in your name, or was it more of a political move just for that record to kind of change the name? 
I, I'm glad you asked me that because we just was talking about that. All right, so check it. Uh, I never had no desire to change my name. But as uh, my popularity grew and the songs on the radio, the video on TV, so companies start calling me. Like, uh, for instance, uh, Corona called me. Mm-hmm. And they had a big check. And they like, yo, we really would love for him to do a, a short commercial and uh, talk about the beer. And we got the check. But only one thing is, is that we cannot let him say his name is PD Crack. Any other way, any other name, can he just say PD or mm-hmm. so my lawyer, like, yo, they got the check, man, but you gotta you gotta do something. And I around that time I was saying PD PD and a lot of verses. So I was just like, yo, why don't we just use PD PD? So I did it, right? Uh, they gave me the check. I never it never came out. I ain't never hear it. But anyway, uh I got a call from Jay once he got a whiff of it. And he hit me. He like, yo, what's up, man? Yo, you change your name? I said, yeah, man. My lawyer thought it'd be a good idea because it's, it's like the I'm not, the endorsements or the check. He said, man, that crack, man. You peedy crack, man. And when I heard him say that, I'm like, yo, you know, Jay. I'm like, us, Jay. Yeah. I really ain't care with nobody else. What else was going on? I'm like, yo, you know what? It's back to crack. So it was a time where I was trying to make a what I thought was a good business decision, but. Man, I'm comfortable with being cracked, man. Your name is your name. Well, well, it seems like a good business decision, especially when your records with Neo and we're, we're, we're catapulting on Billboard. But we had we have a array of of catalog with Petey Crack, and what stands out is the Crack File series. Right, I think we had four of them. Right, it was a four four of five. them, five, and then we have like mm-hmm. ones that are almost like spinoffs. Right, I think it was like Torture Crack. I, I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly. Right, mm-hmm. Torture Crowd. So I'm on point. Round applause for me. Round applause for me for being on point. Of true hip hop. Historian. So, out of these, um, out of these catalogs of mixtapes and discography that you have, which one, in your opinion, defines the PD Crack sound the best? And then, which one is your baby? We all have our babies um, in our catalog. So, which one would that be? Well, all of the Crack Files are. See, what the Crack Files are actually, what they actually are. They weren't mixtapes of where though where I sat down and I was like, yo, I'm about to do a mixtape. I'm about to make some joints. They they started out as throughout that first year when I first got on, I was bombing so much stuff that DJ Ant Live from Jersey, shout out Ant Live, he hit me. That's how I met him. He's like, yo, bro, DJ, I just compiled all of the joints you just did last year, everything you bombed on, and I'm going to put it out, man. I'm going to call it Crack Files. I was like, all right, bet, let's do that. We put the first one out, it started moving. It was moving everywhere. So uh time went by and he didn't know. He was like, yo, I got another one because you're making new joints. And then part two came. That's when we was like, you know what? We're just going to keep them moving. So he started grabbing records. And then I started to uh inter- interject with uh, a couple fresh new joints. And I would throw like, if he compiled like 10, I would throw like five or six new freestyles on there. And then that's how, but that's how that, that's how that started. So it's the crack files. And out of the crack files, I'm going to say four is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone in the chat was asking about the Prince of the Rock joint. Um, so so this Prince of the Rock joint, was was it like an unreleased type of thing, like on, on, under the table, or was it, in your opinion, a major release? Are you talking about the mixtape? The mixtape, yeah. Well, I mean, at, at this time, mixtapes were like albums, in a sense. Yeah, nah, nah, but that, that, but that Prince of the Rock, I had, I had nothing to do with that. That was unofficial, and I think DJ E Nice or somebody did that. So that, I never that wasn't that wasn't actually him. your tape. He did that on his own. 
yeah, I had no influence on that at all. But I'm appreciative that he did it because it just kept the brand moving and kept the name popping. I'm sure I got a lot of shows off that added on to the cipher, but I had nothing to do with that at all. Mm-hmm. Someone in the chat was also asking, we have this versus thing where, like, you know, we have different artists and verses. And if Petey Crack was approached in a versus situation, uh, who would be your ideal opponent or ideal quote-unquote celebration? Um, no, nah, I wouldn't. My man said anybody. No, nah, I wouldn't say anybody. But uh, um, see, this this is how I go with the verses. The verses go by kind of by like the time frame, like uh, time frame when you was out. Who else was out around then? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how they do it, right? You ain't mm-hmm. gonna mix it up like yeah. two different generations of eras. So uh, I don't know, man. I think a fun one would be uh. Oh, me and Joel's would be a dope one. Yeah, you and Joel's. Yo, me and Joel. I was gonna say Cassidy too, but I think Joel's is a better fit. Be, I think Joel's would be a little fit. better, I think, because Joel's is like fly. And, see, you know, Cass, 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 straight bar it out. Mm-hmm. So, where true and, and and you know, Cass is more like he would need he deserves somebody more on that raw bar battle type of. You know, that's more his strong point. But the fly records and you know what I'm saying, you know, me and L's got similarities. So you know what I'm saying? L's. Shout out to Joel too. Welcome home, man. Shout out to that boy Joel. If you're live right now on Facebook, this is the infamous hour live every single Thursday at 9 p.m. But of course we're on Wednesday for the uh following two weeks that we back on Thursday. We have Philadelphia's own PD Crack. Now, another question that was jumping in the chat, and I just have to ask you, was the whole, your opinion on the entire Rockefeller split up and then eventually signing with uh, Jay-Z when he got his position at Dev Jam. Well, was that an easy decision? Because I could imagine it must have been some sort of tor- turmoil between the drama that was going on, especially with Beanie and, and obviously the relationship that they have now. So was there any pressure or were you kind of feel like it was a good business decision to go with you need to go well when it happened it happened abruptly like i didn't i didn't know this was about to happen but luckily when it happened um i was in a good place you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. in the industry you know what i'm saying like all around the board like everybody was checking and i had about three songs on the radio at the same time just rotating around and uh i just had options so when they broke up I wasn't too much tripping. I was really confident in who I was and that I was, I was, I, I didn't like that they broke up cause I was loving that what we, that I was a part of something and well, you know, everybody bonded. So that's the, that's home. You know what I'm saying? But I still knew the show had to go on. So I was kind of searching around for another home since we all off for Rockefeller and just so happens, uh, Jay, um, Jay gripped me back up. And I was with it, man. He had just became the uh, president of Def Jam. So it was just a piece of cake. I had one meeting with him one night. And he was just like, yo, what's up, man? What you doing? I said, yo, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Like, you come back over here. You want to come back? You want to put the album out? I said, hell yeah. He's like, come on. I got you. And he and I was back on board. And that's when I did the, uh, that's how the Neo record came about. Because when I got back on board, Tata was the A&R, the first Neo album. And he just hit me like, yo, come on, carry out a record for you. And that's a blessing because that was, that's my biggest record to date, number wise. Like it went like five times platinum in the album, and mm-hmm. it was just so yeah. So I really don't trip. It took its course. It it, it went the way it's supposed to go, I believe. Often when we speak about Philadelphia artists and groups, I think the roots gets lost, and it's it's. 
it's difficult to imagine that with Black Thought being such a revered MC with that with them having so much television time. Now, obviously, you were on the long time record. Um, mm-hmm. So, so when you was this before the the actual split with Rockefeller? Like, how, and then how did that actually happen? Uh, getting on that Roots record because wasn't that a sing? That was a single on that album, right? Was it? Uh, I think it was called Groove Theory, right? Was that the name of it? Or Game Theory? Nah, I don't think that. I think the Game Theory album was before that. Um, that album. I think it was on the Game Theory. Don't give me the line. Don't give me the line. But to answer the question, uh, it was before the breakup, and uh, it just, it just, it happened because Black. I didn't know, but whole time I'm living in, I'm like the whole time everything was going on in the beginning. I couldn't even believe that everything was happening. So I was just like in a, in a, in a. Everything was a blur to me. Like everything I was just in the cloud, like. I wasn't even sure like what was happening. I was just happening like facts. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know. Black Thought was like a major fan of mine. So I see him one day. Uh, he came to my show. I'm pulling up to a show and I'm getting out the truck. I thought he was just happy to be in the area. I'm like, yo, what up? He, yo, what up? He's like, yo, I came to see you. He's by himself. I'm like, what? He's like, yo, I swear. He's like, yo, crack. Yo, that joint, you got this joint called 88B break? And he just starts spitting it. Kick it up another notch, let the beat rock. Ever since the first beat dropped, I was heat rock. He just start running it, and that blew my mind. And then he's like, yo, I got you, man. I got a drink for you. So he hit me, and I uh, I went down the stool, and I, he was, it was there. The record was on, and I just went in there, and um, I wrote it on the spot. And that's how it happened, man. But he told me, he's like, yo, Crack, we play your joint on the, we play your whole Crack Files on the, on the bus, on the tour bus every day. So that's how that happened. You know, around this time, music started to change where, you know, East Coast artists weren't charting as much and the South became dominant. But from an inside perspective, did people in the industry know that this shift was going to happen where the East Coast was the dominant, you know, and when I mean East Coast, I mean, you know, New York down to Philadelphia, you know, in this area, as opposed to Atlanta, which is still kind of on the East Coast as well. But did, was this a thing that people knew that the music was going to shift to where it is today? To me personally, I never would have thought in a million years. And uh, shout out to all of the South rappers and all that. But back then, South, not South, not all South niggas, but a lot of the shit that was coming out of Atlanta was on some bubblegum trash shit. And I thought that was, I'm like, yo, are you serious? It was like a joke, and the joke really was on us because they came and conquered the junk. Like, they changed the whole game. But back then, we was pinning so crazy that I was like, yo, nah, it's possible. It can't be. I never would have thought that was what happened. You know what I mean? But, you know, it it, it, it evolves and it, it evolves around. You know what I'm saying? Remember back in the day, uh, it was straight West Coast? Yeah. With Easy E and all of them? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was just it, NWA and all that? It be moving around, and I believe it'll move somewhere else. Nothing stay the same, so mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah, but shout out to everybody out of land. There ain't no diss. I'm just telling you, back at that time, I just never would have thought. You know what I'm saying? But they completely conquered the situation. Now we the uh the minority, the, the minorities. We word. Are. You know, it, it kind of from a DJ perspective, it kind of makes sense when. Um, the majority of the country kind of talks like South artists, right? Just their lingo Midwest. I mean, they, it's, it's almost relatable to them. But do you think the whole concept of lyricism is lost? Because it's, it's almost like we spent all this time to develop being an MC, being this and being that. And it, it kind of doesn't matter anymore. Let me get your thoughts on that. Um, 
I wouldn't say that. I just think, like you said, we are the minority at this point right now, but we still got people out here that's still that's uh that's that's relevant and credible. I mean credible that that's real still real spitters and real really still into the craft and like 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 who 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 would be a good example? Oh, we already know what's going on right now with the Griselda dudes and all of that. But mm-hmm. somebody like J. Cole, J. Cole, not a trend follower. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's really into them bars. And Kendrick or whatever, just as an example, I shout out to Meek, but you know, he is more of an industry thing with him right now, but mm-hmm. he's still a get busy on some East Coast bars. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's a rat. I just think that you got to chill out, stick to your pen, and uh, it's going to swing back around. Now, now if you start going bubble gum, your folks that was loving you might not, might not, you might not get accepted back by everybody. You know what I mean? So, is you gonna be who you gonna be, or is you gonna bust a business move? Is a decision that a lot of people got to make. I'm gonna stick to my guns because I enjoy being PD Crack, and the music that I make um, is the music that I want to hear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and now you know, music is is like subjection. So if you like a certain artist, you can just kind of listen to that music. You don't have to listen because radio kind of doesn't matter no more. Once again, we're live right now. Facebook.com/slash Boombap Nation. I'm your host, the infamous Amadeus. This is the infamous hour. And shout out to all my people listening on multiple FM radio stations who will hear this eventually: Wisconsin, Massachusetts, and much, much more. We have Philadelphia artist Petey cracking the bill. A round of applause for him. Sipping a Clico, got the shades on. Um. Anytime I get a Latin artist, I, I I like to ask this question because it, it's it's different opinions. You know, back in the early '90s and into the 2000s, we had heavy Latin leadership when it came to hip hop. Right? We had uh, even going on back to Beat Nuts and Curious, and then we had Pun and Terror Squad. Where is the Latin leadership? in 2020 when it comes to the lyrical aspect um it kind of seems like it's just kind of just disappeared in a sense where latin artists and latin you know uh, heavyweights are um dominating quote unquote i agree with you man you know what it is it's a, it's a difference the difference i believe is, is that between the two all right so we still got latin artists hold up one second man dude. I, 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 I got i got a little my mind my conscience for the, the difference between <laughs> The two Latin type of artists is East Coast Spanish rappers like me mm-hmm. that I'm solely uh, spitting in an East Coast uh, classic hip hop form. But then we still got the the artists that's Spanish rappers that's spitting, but just in Spanish. You know what I'm saying? But I know what you mean. You mean like Pun and Nori, me, that's giving that East Coast thing out. It's real. Uh, it's light right them. now on us. But we got, a, we got a lot of dudes is going hard spitting that straight spanish rap getting busy i ain't talking about reggaeton i'm talking about over over hip-hop beats like mm-hmm. over a beat that i that i would kill but he's just doing it all in spanish and they doing it well like so we got him out there but that east coast thing i know what you're talking about like a pun nori you don't got that man we got it that's why i'm still here i gotta bust it again we gotta we gotta run that back mm-hmm. and, and being on Ito, the lo- hold up my bad Shout Ito. Out to Ito. thank you sir Ito. Yeah. Ito. free lord Ito, I need your help, man. Let's run that thing back, man. And it's amazing to kind of see, you know, as a Puerto Rican myself, how hip hop has crossed over. Because I remember um, early on, Nori tried to do it. Uh, Daddy Yankee, they tried to cross over. But did you ever think, like, in 2020, we have so many crossover records where you would have Drake singing in Spanish? Or that would be like Jay-Z singing in Spanish in, in 2000. Do you ever think that was going to happen? I mean, when it comes to music, 
uh, anything. You know what I mean, like, come on, man. People start to create, and it ain't no limitations when you're creating. So it, it'll go. It'll go other places that you wouldn't believe. I never put a, a, a like a, a block on something like I wouldn't think. Yeah, it can go anywhere, man. I'll be. It, it could be a trendy thing to rhyme over a rock beat soon. Mm-hmm. Straight guitars, mm-hmm. uh, Kiss slash joint or something. We never know. You know what I mean? People get bored with certain things, and then when something new comes, then that's attractive, and it just keeps going around. You know, once the art, once the fans is fulfilled, now it's like, all right, I had enough of you. I never heard this before. Now I'm loving this. You know what I mean? Then it'll turn into a different portion of your life. I'm not. You're not so much into the this rap, for instance, like killer rap. You might be more into a little more mature type of thing with dude talking about getting money and being a boss, not just shooting and. Uh, messing with chicks and popping bottles so it evolves like that you know what i mean so it go anywhere man someone on instagram was asking if pd crack is receptive to the newer generation of artists uh i mean we have a bunch of them we have uh lil uzi in philly i mean we have a bunch of guys just in general are we receptive to this uh new generation of artists who rely on auto-tune and and that type and the melodic sound yeah i am i'm very receptive in my own way you feel me like you got to respect where I'm at in my life right now. I'm not that same kid that's sitting around memorizing every word to every song on your album. But uh, a lot of them new records and them new kids, they do be having a lot of joints that's dope, the beat dope, and they real creative, and it just go. And as long as you got that energy, uh, you'll catch me listening to something that you, you'll be like, yo, crack, you don't, you don't like this. I'm like, yo, nigga, this is my joint right here. Like Fujiano with the dude with, uh, with Gucci, Gucci new artist. Mm-hmm. That's my man right now. And my girl heard me playing it. She's like, yo, what is you listening to? I'm like, this is my joint. She's like, stop playing. I'm like, I swear to God. This is like my favorite dude right now. Yeah, so. So there is. And then someone else was asking, do we have any uh, unreleased records from the state property era that we haven't heard? Uh, I'm certain. Yeah, for sure we got unreleased. We would go in the studio. You know, there's so many of us, so. Opposed to me, like I'm in the studio right now, I may, you know, I, I take my time with the craft. I may come here, I may do two or three three drinks, start two or three drinks tonight. But that's because it's just me. But if back when we was hitting them, it's seven of us, it was seven of us, and everybody got their own thing. Like everybody, we all came from our different uh, areas, you know what I mean? And everybody got something that they want to lay. So at by the end of the night, you got like 10 songs in the computer. Cause I done started something free in the other room. He done knocked out two. Oh, and Sparks somewhere they tag team and something. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we got we got joints, man. That's how them. That's how the State Property Part Two album came about. The one that I'm the one I'm on the uh, Chain Gang album. We didn't sit and create that album together. That album was pieced Peace together God. by Dane and Beans. And just they just went in the computer and grabbed like hold up, pull crack joints up. Oh, that got the have oh that flat line. Yo, come on, we we jacking that. Come on, crack, I'll get that one up. Mm-hmm. That's on there. Temporary relief. Every time I'm in that building, they feeling me y'all crazy. That was for my album, I thought. State property. Sorry, crack. You know what I'm saying? So we got like they, I'm sure Chad West gotta have about 50 to 100 songs on us. Got to, because we was in his basement every day. So yeah. 
Once again, we're live right now. Facebook.com slash Nation is the infamous hour. Petey Crack is in the building. Petey, when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, when you look back at your career, uh, what do you want your uh, legacy to be known for? Um, To keep it simple, man, one of the one of the best. One of the best. That's all I want, man. Just, just, just take your head off to me. That's it. One of the best. I ain't doing this for my health. One of the best. It ain't all about the bread. I'm always gonna get the money because I am the brand. You know what I mean? I'm the I'm the I'm the walking business. I'm a walking, talking, rapping business. Right here and like that. Right but it what I want, I want the recognition. When I'm gone, they better say my name. You know what I'm saying? If they don't, I did something wrong. I didn't utilize my time here. Mm. Gotta say crack. You say Philly, say crack. Not even just Philly. You just talk about rap. And then you got to be like, yo, what? No, what? Crack. Please. You know, in, in the beginning of this interview, these are some of the final questions. On the beginning of this interview, you spoke about your relationship with Freeway. And, and it kind of felt like living in New York when it came to Philadelphia. People were focusing a lot on Beanie. Obviously, you know, he had some aggressive records and he had this uh, competitive bat- battle with uh, Jadakiss. But how much of an underrated MC was Freeway, in your opinion? I don't think people really appreciated what he brought to the table when it came to lyricism. Obviously, he had the party wave. But do you think he was underrated as far as an MC? Well, sometimes uh, you kind of got to ask him that because um, maybe I, I could give you a certain answer, but because people ask me that question and they'd be like, yo, man, you you're underrated, Craig. I don't feel underrated. I feel, I feel, I'll be feeling appreciated because everybody not going to love you, bro. But I do get, I get the love and abundance. So I can't agree with that. If you ask Free that Free, it'd be like, what, man? Mm-hmm. Free got love all around the world, literally. Like, so I don't know, man. It's really what you what you want out of it. Like, what make you what make you feel appreciated? You know what I'm saying? I feel appreciated. If I didn't, I might I might not have this vibe and attitude right now. I might be a little more disgruntled. And but I feel I feel good. They make every time I look and look at the uh, comments or I see somebody in the street, man. They remind me. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't tripping, man. I'm, I'm I'm inspired all the time by that. They make me want to continue to do it. If nobody talked about me, man, I I would do something else. I wouldn't be sitting here tap dancing, looking crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it because I feel like uh, it's my duty. Like you know I'm saying, as you should. Uh, shout to Dawn Dutch from Pittsburgh. She was asking, are there any other endeavors, movies, television, and clothing lines, etc., for Petey? Yeah, I can't really speak on that, man. I don't talk about the future endeavors, but. I'm definitely working, man, for real. I'm learning. I'm learning and working, man. But the main part to me is is learning. Uh, uh, it's the business for me, man. Yeah. I need to know this business. And it's, it's a new game, respectively. It's it's not the same yeah. as it was before. It, it'll, it, will, it will always be a new game. It will change every day. Mm-hmm. It gradually changes. It will always be a new game. But I'm just trying to uh, direct my focus more where it's supposed to go and not tripping about uh, the music because I, 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 it's my craft now. You know what I mean? I used to want to prove myself and that's all I was caring about was just how good I could rap. I got to be one of the, but nah, I'm in my own lane, man. I'm just going to keep it cracked. But my main focus right now is uh, getting a, getting more knowledge under my belt. You know what I mean? 
Final question, Petey. Uh, we have this new emergence of boom bap artists. And this is a, a question I asked across the board. So we have this new emergence of boom bap artists. We have Griselda. You mentioned Etho earlier. We mentioned Flea Lord. What is it going to take for these guys to essentially crack the code when it comes to Billboard, in a sense, right? Because we kind of measure success based on Billboard. This is kind of like industry I, I don't, standards. I don't. So, I don't, so what, what, what do you think? think what do you think, think is going to crack the code? Is it meant to be? I don't think it's meant to crack. Do that. That's not what that's here for. Billboard is a certain world. That's a different world. And if you come, in, if you're gonna stick to your guns and you're gonna put this type of music out, um, you gotta understand that that that's not that's not we that don't that's not gonna fulfill. That's not fulfilling me. I know I know I'm not tripping about a Billboard chart and song. I'm sure uh, uh machine. What's my man name who runs Griselda? Westside Gun. He's not tripping. I mean, I'm sure he would love a Billboard record, but he's doing so great right now that that's not, that's not, man. Billboard records is for them dudes. If you want to chase the Billboard, because I feel like that's rigged up. I don't mean to uh, talk too crazy, but I feel like that's just rigged up, man. There's a lot of politics into that, man. And that's not organic enough for me to even be concerned about that. I like I like it, the real love, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The real reaction. We still going to get the paper. The money going to come, but that right there, that's like a Grammy, like I'm not. I don't care about a Grammy. I wouldn't care about a Grammy neither because I know that that ain't. I watched them. I watched them mess dudes around all my life with Grammys who deserve it, and it's people that get Grammys every year just because they don't want to mess a relationship up with them because mm-hmm. they that big. So them them things that people holding in a high light like that, I thank God that I got that I'm wise enough to not even let that be my uh direct me you know what i mean because that's not i'm not gonna be real it's not gonna be real it ain't gonna come real for me people mess with me man because i'm i'm still cracked man mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah so but but to kind of piggyback off that so I, I'm, I'm doing this interview with someone who created commercial records right so we we had the street element but there was still a commercial side right so you still had Records with Neo, Flipside was a commercial record. Mm-hmm. And out of this boom bap generation that we're getting, we are getting no commercial records at all. It's just no commercial records. Every record is almost in one lane. So does this hurt or help the lyricists? In your opinion, as someone who has charted before, does this hurt or help? Um, The lyricists, man? In general. Because, I mean, you're a lyricist, I'm- but you make commercial records. Yeah, but like, like I'm just like what I just told you, man. Uh it really don't bother me, man. Mm-hmm. I don't, yo, this is the thing, man. At this point, maybe it's just me because of my history and what I've been through. Um, I've been through enough of the BS till I'm at the point where though I really don't care about that, man. Mm-hmm. I don't. And they say you gotta, uh, you know how people used to be like, yo, go ahead, crack this, do it, man. You got nothing to lose. I'm like, what do you mean? I got nothing to lose. Got everything to but lose. I know, I know it's not, they don't mean it that way. They mean like, uh, stop being so concerned about this and that, my man. You could, just do it, like you know what I'm saying. So I don't know, man. I, I I admire a lot the people I the people that I admire the most. Um, they wasn't concerned about that. Dudes like like Big. Oh, well, I ain't gonna say he wasn't concerned about that, but Big was always raw to the end. Even though he had the radio joints, but he kept it. It was still greasy. He never went like pop. He had a little give me one more chance and all that, but then warning to come out. Like you know what I'm saying. It was a balance, a delicate balance. Even on hypnotizers, I don't know. I, this is my main thing is that that what you asking me kind of feel like, and I ain't saying you trying to say anything crazy, but for people that's concerned about that, they chasing something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
industry-wise. I'm gonna make sure my, I'm, I'm working on making sure the business straight, but when it comes to like my creation, I'm gonna do what feel right to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to cater. I can't cater because I know I can't make everybody happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just pray that everybody that I get uh the the love is there, you know what I'm saying? And the music is receptive from these fans, you know what I'm saying? That's it, man. I don't wanna yo, Fab told me a long time ago, right? I seen him at some joint. I had to perform with Neo and he popped up and he, yo, what's up, man? I see you doing you, man. Yo, keep doing it. And you know, I admire Fab, you know what I'm saying? Uh he's been in the game and all of that, you know what I mean? And uh I, I told him, I said, yo, man, at the time I ain't I ain't know no better. I said, yo, man, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying, I'm working on this album, now. I'm trying to platinum, bro. I said, yo, all right, that sounds cool, crack, but don't really trip about all that platinum stuff. He told me mm-hmm. this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Don't trip about all that platinum stuff, man, because, yo, if you was to shoot all the way up there, you know how hard it is to stay there, my mm-hmm. man? Your job would be really hard, man. And if you and if you ain't fulfilling them and if it ain't staying up there, that L you'll take from up there, they'll make you, it'll look like a super failure. They'll make you look like you, like you really fell. He said, ride the middle. And when he told me that ever since then, back then, that's all I watched him do. Him, kids, they ride the middle and always keep it fresh. It's always dope and it's successful for them, but it's just right there and they stand in the game. I want, I'd rather take the long-term route other than like trying to just shoot to the top and do something crazy. So, you know what I mean? No, I want to stay around. Man. I want to stay around and just stick with the fans, man. What they call that? The uh, cult followers and all of that? Yeah. I would rather stick with my cult following and keep my credibility and keep my name straight forever. Most you know definitely. Saying? Most definitely. Uh, Pity Crack, thank you for coming if, to the if Infamous only, Hour. If I, if I sold it out, if I sold it out tomorrow, it would be because I would be done. And I'll be, I knew I was out <laughs> it's of here. So it's over. I would just do something crazy and get the big check and get but no. I'm gonna hang out. You know what I mean? No, no, we definitely appreciate that. I definitely appreciate the conversation because it is a conversation that people are asking. We have diehard hip hop fans, and they're just, you know, they're just kind of wondering, like, like what's kind of going on. But enough about them, PD Crack. Uh, 2020. Uh, what do we have? We have some new projects coming out. Uh, what can the fans look forward to coming into the winter time and into 2021 and beyond? Um, the most I can tell you to to be uh to be honest, because you know how people you ask somebody a question, they'll tell you what they what their plans are, but everything don't be working the plan. So I can tell you for certain, I got a lot of music loaded up and, you know, me and my partner, shout my man Menza, uh, we've been talking and, you know, the, a lot, the main thing that's going on right now is just getting a lot of music out and getting them streams up. And I'm with that. And not just because of the stream situation, just that we got on platforms. Now mm-hmm. I could let more people hear my music easier. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, all they got right now is all the old music. They ain't got nothing new. So I'm just trying to provide a whole new catalog of music. So when you click my name, it just pop up. So that's all. We about to drop a bunch of stuff, man. I got a lot of junk. I got like 60 in the stash right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm I'm ignoring them 60 and just uh, still doing new ones because now they kind of old to me. You know what I mean? But they you never heard them. But yeah. you know what I mean? Well, so we just trying to put the music out, man. Mm-hmm. The music say it all. Without the music, the music ain't dope. And if you ain't here, so I'm really relying on this right here, man. I'm putting my foot in it. So I think y'all going to love it, man. I'm going to get paid. Trust me. No, we, mm-hmm. we definitely appreciate it. We look forward to this new uh, Petey Crack music maybe coming out. Uh, real quick, shout out your social media. Just Petey Crack, P-E-E-D-I-C-R-A-K-K. Simple like that on Instagram. That's it. And if you go in there, you trying to holler at me, they got the, uh, the, the email address and all of that. You can just DM me. You know what I mean? Cash at cash. 
however you want to do it. You already know what's happening. Send that through, first and foremost. <laughs> Once again, this is the Infamous Hour here on Facebook.com. I'm the host, Infamous Amadeus. Thank you to my guest, Petey Crack, for pulling up to the Infamous Hour. This uh, episode will be available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and much, much more on Sunday and following the FM Terrestrial Radio uh, platforms that we are on. You can also listen to uh, Petey Crack tomorrow, as well as myself on Shade 45, Sirius XM, on the Lord Sears special next week, I'll actually be live again on Wednesday. We'll be doing something for my new album that's coming out live Q&A. You'll be able to interact with us, and then we'll be back to the regular format the following week. So peace and blessings, and most importantly, stay COVID-19 free. This is the infamous hour here on Boom Bat Nation. We are out of here. What up, what up, what up? You know what it is. Your boy Style Speed of Ghost It's going down right here at Shade 45 Series XM. And you are rocking with my family, the infamous Amadeus. And this is what we do. Stay tuned. Pay attention. Don't turn the station. Ghost. Back live on the Infamous Hour. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. Make sure you follow me all social media platforms at the Infamous Amadeus. And of course, subscribe to the podcast version of this FM radio show on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and much, much more wherever you get your podcast from. Just uh, search the Infamous Hours. We've had some amazing content and guests from the legendary Bolt Thugs and Harmony all the way down to Jeezy, who's interestingly is doing a versus coming up soon. That'll be interesting to see how that is going down right down the line as we do here on the infamous hour supporting the unsigned artists we have buffalo zone g casino in the building what's up what up what up what up g casino we're living in a in a in, in a weird space right now because we have this trap sound obviously well you know what let's let's be fair trap music is dead right i don't i don't even know what this is drill whatever but we have this emerging boom bap sound coming right and it's it's different from the 90s boom bap sound in the sense where it's a little slower pace generally speaking it's kind of like almost like the wu-tang rizzer style of production uh particularly Ghostface. and buffalo is in the forefront of this i mean how is it in your city right now just having uh so many talented artists i mean benny the butcher just charted on billboard which is a major sure. co- accomplishment and a step forward for the boom bap lyrics community but i mean you know what's the tone in your city right now it's crazy, man. Everyone is ecstatic. Uh, we've been all putting in this work for so long, you know what I'm saying, known as the unsigned city. And we're just, you know what I'm saying, just putting it in and finally getting something out of it. And it's, I'm just excited about the whole movement. Mm-hmm. When, when I hear a G Casino project, what kind of makes you different from the other um, artists? Because, I mean, there's a array of them. You know, Griselda's one, but we also have, like, guys like Rick High. We have B.A. Bad. I mean, we have a bunch of guys uh, – we have Chain Yard that's also like in Rochester up there. But what makes your sound particularly different than everybody else's? Well, I'm just, I'm a real lyricist. You know what I'm saying? I love my wordplay. You know what I'm saying? I'm an Italian rapper. Um, you know what I'm saying? Which is different. And I just, I just, I'm here to kill it, man. I'm here to, I'm here to get real hip hop back. And, uh, you know, my albums are insane. You know, and this new joint is just, I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Yeah, you know we haven't really had that many Italian rappers. Obviously, uh, JoJo Pellegrino. We had the Shark. Well, I don't know if a lot of guys know who the Shark is. Um, he, he yeah. he's a legendary Bronx Italian rapper. We also had G Fella, who kind of did some things and converted over the television. And he, I think he had a situation with Wyatt Clef. And I'm not. I don't know if that's the correct thing, but it was something similar to that. But in the Italian community, because. The gangster talk is actually the real lifestyle of Italian. So how true to life is this, what they're hearing on these records? 
I mean, on my records in Buffalo, you know, I, I come from the real life family. So on mine, it's all, it's all real. Um, you know, I did a record with JoJo on the album, the new single featuring Benny the Butcher. The amazing JoJo is one of the best artists I've ever worked with. Um, and I actually just did a feature with the Shark. That's going to be on his album. Um, so, you know, it's all real on my end. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's just it. Yeah. All real. You know, I, I remember in the 90s, uh, Latins and Latins and Italians are very similar. Like it's, it's very similar cultures. Even the lingo, the Spanish and Italian is very similar. I remember, you know, as as Latinos, we had, you know, not issues, but it was we felt like we were the underdogs. Is that the same thing? Is it kind of the same feeling? Like we're the underdog? Yeah, of course. I mean, we've been the underdog forever. I mean, you got to remember, everyone has taken our heritage and used it in their music. But at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? We couldn't have a platform to put it out there. And now that's what I'm trying to bring to the table. Yeah. You know, early in the 2000s, you were a part of a group, Local 210. Um, and what is the difference between being in a group and being a solo artist? Because obviously in a group, the workload would be lesser, um, you know, because you, you, you have other guys that are doing verses and opinions and stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, what is the difference with the workflow? And do you find it better being solo as opposed to being in a, a part of a collaborating group? You know, when, when you're with a group, um, you never get, you know, the second verse. You always want to be first. You know what I mean? Like, so when you become solo, you know, you want to have them three verses. You want to have the first, second, and third verse. It's actually more appealing for when you are just a solo artist. Sometimes it's hard to write three verses. It's hard to stay on track. You know what I mean? So it's actually worked out way better for me, honestly to be in a group setting and then go solo. Mm-hmm. We're live right now on the Infamous Hour. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus G Casino is here in the building right now. If you listen to Wisconsin or Pittsfield, Massachusetts, of course, Pennsylvania and Monument, Colorado, uh, who has snow right now, which actually sucks because, I mean, we're not even in November yet. They, they got blasted with snow. But, you know, let, let's take a break. Let's listen to a song right now. What is the, the song you want to debut right now for the listeners of the Infamous Hour? Uh, right now, it's the single Built for War featuring Jojo Pellegrino and Benny the Butcher. Off the Hook, uh, one of the best songs on the album. All right, let's get into this record. We'll be back here on The Infamous Hour. We're live back on The Infamous Hour. I'm your host, The Infamous Amadeus G. Casino is in the building with this dope record with Jojo Pellegrino and, of course, Benny the Butcher. Uh, how do we put this record together and this whole collaboration happen? Uh, well, I work with DJ Shea for the last. 15 years. Uh, me and Benny actually worked together a lot when I was at Local 210 mm-hmm. around 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've known him forever. And uh, JoJo, actually, I reached out to him, got him on the record because I've been a fan of his forever. And uh, he mixed it, did the hook, and it just came together amazing. Yeah. You know, the name DJ Shea has kind of popped up in the forefront since the whole COVID-19 situation. But if you're in the inside, you know, you know who DJ Shea is and what he meant to Buffalo and, of course, the Griselda movement. But just in a few words, uh, what was his impact on the new hip-hop culture that we have? I mean, he was just everything to Buffalo. Um, you know what I mean? Like, he, he really pushed everyone to be better. He really wanted to put this city on the map. And, you know, he really did it. And then, unfortunately, he passed. And, you know, it's just it's a horrible thing. But I just want to say rest in peace to him. And, you know, he's mad respected here. And we're going to keep his legacy alive forever. 
Yeah, totally. Um, so, so we have this new project coming out November 1st. Some people will hear this after November 1st, but November 1st, we have this new project. Let's talk about it. Uh, people that's on the project, what can the fans expect when they hear it? Our new project, Life After Dead. Um, it's just an amazing DJ Shay produced the whole album. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just an amazing album. It's got Vino Lamano, Rick Hyde, Team, Benny, JoJo. It's just, it's, it's, it's off the hook. It's 18 songs. I didn't make an eight song, nothing like that. No back to back album, eight song album, mm-hmm. um, straight 18. Uh, we worked hard on it and I, and I'm real excited for everyone to hear it. What was the decision um, into making an 18 song project? Because we kind of see like a lot of guys are dropping records and they're only dropping like six songs, five songs. You know, we're lucky if we get 10, if that, but 18 is a vintage format in a sense of how they work today. So why did you decide to put out so much content? I'm just, you know, I'm just making content and I I just want to be different. You know, I'm, honestly, I'm not feeling the eight, eight song uh, albums. I Mm. mean, you know, they go quick in and out of mind. I want mine to last a little bit longer. So I'm just working and I'm just putting the work out. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the future for the lyricist movement? I mean, obviously lyricists have been able to stay prevalent through battle rap. And if you really look at the top MCs in the game or who we consider the top MCs, you know, they would say Drake, they would say, you know, probably Nikki, they would say Cole, they would say Kendrick, even in a commercial format. But we do have a new crop of lyricists who are not relying on robotic melodies. Where do you think the future for this movement is um, in the next 10 years? And then also, what can the hip-hop community do to make that movement better? I think we're just coming back. I think we're coming back to lyricists. I think we're coming back, um, you know, not so commercial radio play, more underground. I think it's all coming back. And, you know, for when I grew up and you grew up, you know, I'm, I'm excited for that. You know what I mean? Like just back to music, not 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 commercial success or, or commercial records. You know, back to the real hardcore music. And I think if everyone embraces that, um, you know, we can bring it back full fledged and, and just and get paid off what we love doing, better yeah. than getting paid off what we're told to do. Uh, that's right. If someone wants to follow you on social media. Where can they follow you at? Follow me at Casino Is Dead. That's I Z Casino Is Dead on Instagram, uh, YouTube. Casino Is Dead. Um, and just search G Casino and Google, get all my videos, all my platforms on Spotify, uh, iTunes, everything. Get the album Casino is Dead I dropped in 2020. Definitely cop that. And again, Life After Dead, November 1st. That's right. And of course, I'm the infamous Amadeus, all social media platforms at the infamous Amadeus. And if, you, if you're listening in podcast, uh, podcast format on iHeartRadio or Spotify, we'll play a commercial. We'll be back and make sure you stream everything here on the infamous hour. Freddy, Michael, and Jason ain't got shit on this DJ. <laughs> Taking this mixed game shit to a whole, a whole nother level. It's We're back live on the Infamous Hour. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. Special thank you to my guest, Petey Crack. Philadelphia's own was on the line earlier, talking some real knowledge. And make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at the Infamous Amadeus. The FM Radio Show, the Infamous Hour. And more importantly, Boom Bat Nation. Right now, I have a very special guest from Atlanta. Devion, welcome to the Infamous Hour. How you feeling? Yo, yo, yo. What's up? What's up? 
Now, I you know we're doing good. That's right. You know, I, I had to, I told you a little bit off air before we got on. Like, I literally love Atlanta. Like, I love Atlanta so much. I spent last year. I went eight times to Atlanta uh, for different bookings, and I admire the culture. And when I first went to Atlanta, I felt the city was a little unorganized in a sense where, like, you'll be like in a nice area, and then you turn the corner, and you're like in Baghdad. <laughs> You're like in Baghdad. Yeah, that's how it is. And, and, and it's still like that because, um, you know, it's a quick off story. I, so I, I I was a film director for a long time, and I shot a bunch of videos for Fetty Wap and X, Y, and Z. So I went to Atlanta, and they're like, we're going to shoot in the bluff. And, you know, I seen the movie The Bluff, and it was kind of weird because it's like you have the big, you know, Mercedes-Benz Stadium across the street. And then when you go, like, two blocks down, there's a bunch of crack houses. It was different, right? So, so, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, but Atlanta – in general, has been developed more. As a resident of Atlanta, how do you feel Atlanta has, um, you know, developed uh, like much other of the American cities? Um, I mean, I feel like from where we kind of started, which was like this little smaller town, definitely was looked at like a little slow country town to now. Like, to me, we're definitely getting up there neck and neck with like cities like Los Angeles, Chicago, New York. I mean... I mess with Atlanta. I mean, you got it right though. Like every if you make if you make a wrong turn, you're either gonna be in Buckhead or Bankhead. It's like if there is like a little meeting point, and you're gonna you're gonna be in either one. So yeah, yeah, it, it's weird, and I kind of feel like Atlanta um, resonates with both cities where it's like. If you even in New York, for example, so if you're in New York, you're in Midtown, which is considered downtown. But if you go further downtown, you may end up in Bed Stuy. You may end up on a corner of yeah. East New York that may not be friendly to you. And they kind of feel it in Atlanta yeah. as well. It's like it's kind of nice up top. You got you know you got uh, Buckhead, you got uh, Marietta, and then when you start yeah. getting down to Riverdale, it's very different down, there, right? It's just Cle- different well, past the airport. Is different. It, it, yeah, Clayco is different. It's different, but you know, in all fairness, uh, Atlanta has made their way to control the music scene. Uh, how do you feel about this as a resident of Atlanta? Did you guys always know that this is what it was going to be? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I definitely know that in the beginning, uh, like West Coast and and I guess Northeast had the airwaves, and then I don't know during like the change of like the century and when music started to get into where it, where it is now. I think we kind of knew that we had a little bit of a, we definitely had a different sound from everybody. So like literally like we had a different sound, different vibe. So I kind of feel like the artists kind of knew that they brought something different to the table. And when they finally were able to broadcast their talent to the world, it was going to take over. So I'm, I'm definitely sure that they, we, we kind of knew a little bit, just a little bit. Now here at the Infamous Hour, we're all about uh, young entrepreneurs getting bags. And I quickly realized that Nickelodeon is a different bag. It's a different bag. Yeah. It's a, it's, a diff, it's a different bag. Now, I've been on television myself. I was on National Geographic. I was only on one episode. I was on for seven minutes National Geographic. And that bag that I got, round of applause. Oh, my God. Still getting a bag for seven minutes right? on, on National Geographic. But Nickelodeon is a whole entirely different animal. So what what is your relation to Nickelodeon? And how do you actually get that situation? Man, that was a dream. Like, as as a kid, I've always wanted to do like Playhouse Disney type uh, Nickelodeon vibe. Um, and when I finally I, I auditioned for it, I moved to LA. My mom, I told my mom I wanted to act. We jumped, we uprooted from Atlanta, moved to LA. Like, I stayed at hotels for like three months, like no food sometimes, and. Finally, we were able to get an apartment, and one of my first auditions were um, 
it was it was uh, legendary. Do that was a show, and I was like, I was excited. We just had moved in, got the audition. I was just like, I'm gonna just do it. Didn't even, I didn't even know it was Nickelodeon at first. And I went in there. The casting director was like, Oh my god, I've never seen you before. I was like, Hey, that was so. I, I mean, I didn't know. She called me back in the same day, which never happened. So mm-hmm. she's like, um, I'm gonna bring you in tomorrow. Um, I was like, All right, bet. And so I talked to my agent. She's like, Well, let's just make sure that she reaches out to us because that never happens and all this stuff. I'm like, I believe in Jesus, so I know it ain't number God. Um, I definitely give him all the praise. Um in that whole situation ended up doing a couple auditions like maybe a week or two later ended up in a producer session walked in and booked the show like they were like hey we didn't even want you to audition we just brought you in to tell you that you booked like one of the most i didn't even know how to feel because like remember now we just not getting here no house for real living out of a car in a hotel a suitcase and then to have like an opportunity like that and then to be able to like you know, book it. And like, and this is like a, I'm like 13, 14 years old. This is my, I'm like, and I'm going banana because I'm still watching Nickelodeon at this time. Yeah, so, so it's definitely an amazing yeah. experience. So right now, let, let's play a song. We have these two records. We have Mind Control. We have Lost. What what song do you want to hear right now? Um, I'm going to say, let's let's open it up with Lost. Lost is out right now. streaming on all platforms. Um, Definitely go check it out. We can open it up with Lost and then close out with Mind Control. Mind Control is a different beat. I'm letting you know this now. Okay, so, so, so we'll get into it. Right now, this is the infamous hour here on your FM radio down. For the people that be listening to the podcast version at iHeartRadio, make sure you subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Do not be shy. The subscribe button is your friend on the podcast side. This is a new record called Loss here on the infamous hour. We'll be right back. All right, we're going to do uh, two right now, right? All right. All right. We're back live on the Infamous Hour. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. We just heard an amazing record called Lost. Uh, what was the concept behind the song that the listeners just heard right now? Well, um, I don't know. I have this problem with being in toxic relationships. Um, it's almost you know what? Don't addictive. we all? Don't yeah, we all. it's crazy. Jesus Christ! I need one of these like weird effects for this, like. You know, like all of these, uh, you know, it's, it's weird. Like, you, 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 you know, I'm, I'm a relationship person myself, but, you know, you end up in a toxic and it's like weird. The energy's weird. But again, loss, is this kind of like the concept behind uh, the thought process in this record? Yeah, it's kind of like I was just really, I had to sit back and really think about what, what I was putting myself through, like allowing myself to continuously go through like that, that, that uh, toxicness. It's just it's crazy. So, I just began to to write, and then just I just poured lost out. It was it was really it was really neat yeah. the way it happened. You know, I I remember many moons ago, I found myself in a similar situation. Do you think that maybe people, because a lot of people can relate to that type of thing? Do you think it's loyalty that puts you through that? Do you think it's comfortability that keeps you there, or maybe empty promises? Like, if you could pinpoint one thing that keeps you in that type of situation for the listeners, uh, what would you think it would be, and why? being comfortable um a lot of people don't like to get us out of their comfort zone so meeting another person relearning how this person operates all that stuff like a lot of people don't like to go through that whole process like i mean you know i don't know if you know uh jacques has a song is like i'd rather be with you and all your boys like yeah that that's kind of the thing like you just kind of get so stuck and like you know what i don't want to learn nobody else i know you and i know it comes with you and i'd rather just deal with it than to just go you know find someone new 
Mm-hmm. You know, R&B is a little different than hip-hop, where, you know, hip-hop, it's like you got to write your own stuff. I mean, maybe nowadays it doesn't matter, but from the era I come from, it did matter. From the R&B side, though, obviously a lot of people write for other people, and you're an actual singer mm-hmm. and songwriter. Do you kind of respect, like, the younger talent coming out and maybe not really having talent? Like, they're kind of just hiding behind the robotic sound. Um, are you receptive mm-hmm. to it? Like, where is your stance in general when it comes to that? Okay, so I I I try not to really knock anybody else's, um, you know, if if they want to say talent or gifts. I just kind of like, you know, I let people vibe out. Every, you know, there's room for everybody in the industry. So I just I've never been one to be like, that's messed up that they got to blow up and they need to write their own music. No, you know, everybody has a time. Everybody has a season. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, I'm just kind of I just I just be vibing out. Yeah. Now I'm originally from New York. I stay in Pennsylvania now. New York is not really open. It is, but it isn't. You know, unfortunately, you know, at Sirius XM, and I got to play a weird sound effect. We're not going to open again until summer of 2021. Oh my God. Summer of 2021. We have to broadcast or remotely. And around plus for you because you'll be on Sirius XM in the next coming weeks. Via right, Zoom. Right, 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 right. But you'll be there. Now, Atlanta, now, now I, I mentioned earlier, I love Atlanta. I've been to Atlanta many times. I was going to buy a home there, but I, I didn't go there full time because SiriusXM doesn't have an outpost there. So this is why I didn't actually move down there. But Atlanta is open, right? And the rest of the world is seeing COVID on television. It looks scary. It looks, you know, frightening. But Atlanta is open. Are people really catching the COVID type of thing down there? Is it more media driven as someone who's on the ground there? Um, I mean, I've had, uh, I've lost actually two people to, to the virus. Um, um, were somewhat, somewhat close to me. Uh, I, I still have my mixed beliefs on, on, on the, on the virus. And I don't want to get into it because I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist. So I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going to go there. But I mean, no, I, I just I'm not really sure. Uh, we definitely are open a thousand percent, and I don't see anybody like I guess now around me directly getting it. And um, it's pretty, it's pretty chill. It's it's kind of chill. I can't wait to go to Lennox Mall as soon as I get there. I mean, listen, Lennox is. I mean, Lennox is great. It's, it's, it's an amazing mall. Like, you got to go to Sim Plaza. It's, it's even better. You know, I, I, I went to Sim Plaza, and, you know, I, I inadvertently, this is how much I've been to Atlanta. Uh, you know, they told me to go to underground Atlanta. And that was just, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've been to New York before, but that was like being at like 125th. Like, it was just different. Like, <laughs> underground Atlanta was definitely something Yeah, different. underground Atlanta is- it's gonna be a, a little different beast because you got people down there. You walking past people, they pull out them cards, or you hit you with the "I'm palm reading." Just, just, just keep walking. Yeah, like do it, not. It, it's <laughs> weird. So, so, so where, so where are the go-to spots in Atlanta? I've DJed in a bunch of spots in Atlanta. I've been, I've DJed in Josephine's, Medusa, uh, Sweet. I think it was Sweet One. I've been in a bunch of places, but where is the go-to spot right now? If someone listening to this want to go to Atlanta. Because their city's closed. They want to go party. Where is the go-to spot right now to hang out in Atlanta? Where you could be COVID safe, in a sense, too, as well. All right. So, I'm I'm younger. So, you know, I mean, I be vibing. So, I'm, I'm going to say Magic City because, you know. Magic, you Magic City. City. Yes. You go to Onyx. You go somewhere yes. like that. Strip clubs. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, Follies. Like yes. Follies on deck. 
And I gotta say, right, to party, and I gotta say, the best time that I had in Atlanta, and I'm gonna hit another round of applause for this, is when I went to the bonfire. Okay, I don't know if you're familiar with bonfire, but I went to bonfire, and apparently, bonfire is a moving party that happens in Atlanta, and it's outdoors, so it's like they get like random parking lots, and it was just the best time that I had. It, it was a silent party, so you had to get headphones. And it was kind of dope, and Atlanta is kind of about the culture, and and Atlanta is what it is. But, you know, music changes every 20 years. And and we're getting, I was having a conversation earlier before I got you on here, where, you know, the East Coast dominated from like 90 to like, let's say, 2000, right? That's a 20 year gap. Mm -hmm. And then the South started to creep in. We should have seen the South was going to come in because in the 90s, there were Southern artists. You had Goody Mob, you had Usher, you had 112, you had Soul Mm -hmm. For Real, you had Criss Cross, The Brat, and on and on. We're getting to the 20-year mark now where Atlanta is dominating, and music is going to change. So as a singer, as a songwriter, as someone that's been on television, where ultimately do you think the next wave of music will be uh, 10 years and beyond? That's a really good question. Um, I'm not really sure where the epicenter will be for that, but I definitely know uh, a couple artists that I definitely feel like would be next up. They're they're out of the out of West Coast, out of Los Angeles, and then um, mm-hmm. even here in Atlanta. I'm not sure what the Everton would be though. That's a really good question. You know what? I want to know that. I want to know the answer to that one. I know if we knew, we have the goddamn cheat code. We sitting on million dollar yachts having this conversation. <laughs> we're here on the infamous right. hour. <laughs> so we have this EP coming out. Uh, now the EP is not out yet, right? Is it co- what, what exactly is it going to be released? All right, so um, the EP is not out yet. I'm definitely uh, excited for it, though. It's going to be really, really, uh, really, really amazing. Um, it's, we're, we're projecting it for February 8th. Um, I, I have really strategic dates when I release music most of the time just because um, I, the dates resonate with me in some way, shape, or form. So February 8th was when I lost my great-grandmother um, in 2018. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I decided to take music a little bit more serious, um, I didn't really get serious serious though until like the last couple months, actually. But after I lost her, just it, it took me out. Um, like I had never like experienced depression and anxiety. Like I always thought, you know, you see a couple people say it, you hear it on like maybe TV shows. I hear it on the Kardashians a lot, and I'm like, what is that? And after I lost her, I finally got to understand what that was like, and it was. It was crazy. So I'm releasing the EP on February 8th just to kind of pay tribute to um, my great grandmother. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great though. It's gonna be great. It's not it's not gonna be sad. I promise. Yeah, you, you mentioned your great grandmother and and that that that's so much heritage. But when when I hear that type of thing, I think about good soul food. I mean, good good great soul food. When I go to Atlanta, I gotta go to Busy Bees. All right, Busy Bees on uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Drive yeah. somewhere. I think it's like yeah. Southwest Atlanta. Where, where, where's the go-to spot? Like, I'm coming to Atlanta. Uh, you know, obviously, I've been to Busy Bees. I mentioned some spots. Where should I go or where should my listeners go if they want to have some good southern food? Besides the Waffle House, obviously. But where should we go? Okay, Waffle House is good. You got to get Waffle House at 3 o'clock in the morning. Of okay, course. For people that Watch. don't eat meat, I'm going to say people that don't eat meat, you know, I mess with Slutty Vegan, the best vegan food that you've ever had. It's called Slutty um, Vegan? Slutty Vegan. Oh, like, you, I swear to you, I've taken so many people there that, like, say, I don't eat impossible burgers i don't eat this i don't eat that i give it to them and don't tell them what it is they can't even tell the difference it's amazing i'm telling you best vegan food ever um 
as far as like chicken goes, I'm gonna say like uh, mm. uh that's kind of hard because everybody got you know everybody got a Popeyes, but ain't nothing like a Southern Popeyes with like that real good sweet tea. Or like Chick-fil-A. our sweet tea don't taste like. Chick- oh my goodness! Okay, look, 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 look. look. <laughs> I mess with Chick Fil A. I mess with them. I mean, they chicken sandwiches be busted. But when Popeyes dropped that sandwich, I can't even lie. I was like, dang, like this, this is different. Like it, they came with a whole different vibe with that spicy mayo. Oh, so you was, was on like, it. Listen, let me explain to you. No, like when I tell you I was on it, I was in Los Angeles. I was in Los Angeles when I first had the sandwich. Um, I was with my friend Diesel. Um, uh, we went to Popeye's. Technically, we snuck out. His mom was like, don't go anywhere. We had got in trouble. And we were just like, don't go anywhere. It was like, Diesel, we have to get a Popeye's chicken sandwich. We went. I broke my ankle trying to run in the line to get this sandwich. Now, I like completely, like I had a boot on for a minute. And I was like, I ate like, what, four sandwiches? Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it changed my life, man. It changed. It, it changed a lot. Round of applause for you. So, 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 so we have the EP coming out uh, top of the year, and we're gonna play this next record called Mind Control. Right? Is that, is that the right uh, name for it? Uh, talk Mind about Control. The, talk, talk about this record. You mentioned it had like a different instrumentation on it. So, uh, what was the thought process behind creating this record? Okay, so Mind Control. Um, that one was a little bit of a, a woman type positivity song, trying to kind of getting at. Like, you know, the vibes of, like, you know, a woman that doesn't need a man, but, like, she just has this, this, this off about it that just gives you, like, dang, Shawty really got mind control. Like, she really got, like, cause I can't say what I want to say, but I don't feel like, you know, with a little bit, I've been with before, and, like, that's kind of where I got that vibe from. That's cool. So we're gonna get to this mind control. We're gonna get to this mind control record. And uh, real quick, uh, if the followers want to follow you, uh, where they follow you? Social media, your Spotify, and uh, any last words for the citizens of the Infamous Hour? Yeah. Okay. So Spotify will just be Devion uh, D E capital V as a Victor I O N, and then um, socials will be Devion D E V I O N Harris H A R R I S. All right. And of course, I'm the infamous Amadeus. This is the infamous hour. We're going to get to mind control and make sure you follow the gentleman on the phone or social media platforms. Stream on Spotify. Look out for the new EP here in the infamous hour. Make sure you listen to me. Super spicy. Make sure you listen to me on Sirius XM Shade 45. The Lord's here special every single Thursday. Of course, somebody's calling me during the interview, but this is COVID. So, you know, we're on the phone. Uh, Sirius XM Shade 45 every single Thursday, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. And of course, the infamous hour, Boom Bap Nation. But let's get to this mind control record. And we'll be right back here on the infamous hour. You, you, you want it? Well, you got it. Come on, you want some of this? You're in the mix with. We're back live on the Infamous Hour. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. Shout out to all the platforms that are tuning in, especially people on iHeartRadio, Spotify. We have surpassed one million streams. One million streams is an amazing accomplishment. Now, when it comes to hip-hop, you know I always support the unsigned underground scene. And the gentleman with me right now, he's actually popped in a few strip clubs, popped a few bands. If you could estimate how many bands, roughly... Killer Clay, you think you guys threw, just, you know, without bragging, uh, how many bands you think roughly 
ain't going to front. And we be turning it up in the club. You already know. That's how we met. Like <laughs> That's a fact. Everybody we was out there. We was up, man. But, like, bands, say probably, like, 20 bands, 20 bands. That's for the strip. You know what I'm saying? Hey, That's for a little pull-up real quick. Killer Clay, wel- Killer Clay welcome to the infamous hour. How you been? I've been good, bro. How you doing? Doing well. You know, it's a different time now. Um, we haven't seen each other in a while, but it's a different time. Life has changed. Uh, we've been hit by a pandemic. We have uh, very social and um, racist and systematic injustice happening in our country, never before in our eyes. And as a musician, how are you yeah, dealing with I, As a musician, I, as a young African-American um, entrepreneur like yourself, I mean, how are you dealing with it? How are you feeling? I mean... It's a lot going on right now, especially with the COVID and that at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So right now, I'm just I'm just trying to see what's good with the selection because you already know how you know how we can get. You know what I'm saying? So we, first and foremost, for stuff to change, you already know we got to vote and we got to put the right people in the office to do the right thing. So it's like right now, I'm just I'm just I even put out a little song about how um. How I had my experience with uh like police brutality and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, it's called these cops, and it's basically about how we was young, we were killing on the block, you know, and we was always being bothered by these cops. As being young, I remember even one time me me being sixteen, I was by with my neighbor, and um we was killing like we used to go in his backyard. So this is around the time these used to be driving around, you know, detectives. So. They driving around, so they see us going in the backyard, and they, like, trying to chase us. And it's like, we we killing in the backyard, so they come in, mm-hmm. and then one cop pull a gun out on me. Like, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm by my neighbor. So my my um, my um friend mom came out, like, oh, what you doing? Like, these are kids in the neighborhood and all that. And it's like, I always remember that. I'm like, damn, like, he going to pull a gun out on me. I was young, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. These times is rough, you, you know, know. Like you know, the infamous hour. The, the infamous hour airs in a bunch of regions around the world. So, especially the United States, um, and there'll be, there'll be people who'll be listening on FM radio that may not live in an area where this is their experience, right? So, if you could kind of describe yeah. just the general feeling, being a minority, right? Because it's not only limited to just black people, it's Hispanic people. There's a bunch of us that are going through the same thing, and we all identify sure. as one. In the hood, people don't really understand it. Like in New York, we all really identify as one group that that merged together. But if you kind of just explain just the feeling it is to have this type of oppression on you, just as a human being on a day to day basis. I mean, it, it, it's a gift and a curse. I I say that in a way because you know some people fall under pressure and stuff like that, and um, I just think that as minorities, whether Hispanic or black, it it pushes us because we can't slack, you know, or we can't, we can't, we have to take it the next level mm-hmm. for us to even make it like how um, a Caucasian would, you know, you know how it is or how they got it set up for yeah. them. We don't have it set up. We have to come from the ground up. So I say, because it, it builds character in us, you know, um, mm-hmm. for the people that do finally push through and and stuff like that but for the minorities we we just gotta um it's a lot that goes on with it you know because it, it's a systematic thing it's a systematic tool it's not only like 
people's not trying. Yeah. Some people trying, you know? Yeah. It's just like they, there's no breakthrough because that's how they, they systematically make it for us, you know? Yeah. Now, as a musician, um, I find it interesting that a lot of artists are not expressing themselves about this, right? So we've had this mm-hmm. pandemic, and then we just have a bunch of guys who have kind of just ignored it, right? And, and females, they're just kind of continuing on with the way they've been creating music. I mean, we had a few people, little babies, one, he, he did something about it. Um, you know, a few boom bap, like Conway, he did it. Why do, why do you think artists are not more inclined to speak out about this? Do you think maybe it's pressure from the labels? Maybe they just don't care about it? Well, maybe their voice doesn't matter. Like, just in your opinion, why do you think this is? Um, I mean, in, in little baby sense, uh, he, he sold a lot. But a bigger picture too, because you know, I think it's more is more about trying to sell records. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to go too conscious where they losing their core fans, what they was used to, their regular work. Mm-hmm. So I think I think a lot of artists probably don't want to step into that too much. And even little baby said, if I'm not mistaken, like in the interview, he was like, um, he don't really want to do another song like the bigger picture, and you know. But as these times go, we do need it. Like we we need that music like that, you know. Like even me, I'm a I'm 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 a fan of Kendrick Lamar. I'm waiting for some Kendrick Lamar right now. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah, trying to trying to trying to hear that. Trying to hear that pain. All right, so let's, pain, let's, yep. let's let's get into a song right now. What, what do you want to hear here on the Infamous Hour? Um, let's get into that. Uh, what we get into that Killer Clay that uh, Debo. All right, let's do it. Uh, introduce yourself right now. What are people going to hear? Right now, y'all tuned in to the infamous hour. We about to play Death Out by Killer Clay by Rockaway, New York. Stand up. Let's go. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back after this message. We're back live in the infamous hour. I'm your host, the infamous Amadeus. I have Far Rockaway's own Killer Clay in the building. Fleet, nigga, fleet. Far Rockaway is a very interesting place. It's almost like its own world. I don't think people really understand. Like they, they, they talk about Yonkers, they talk about Staten Island. Far Rockaway is a very different place, and it's almost a tale of two cities. Even though it's not really a big place, so you have this nice kind of like upscale Far Rockaway, and then you have this other Far Rockaway, which is like Harlem and the Bronx in the eighties, right? What 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 is why is it so different in this small area? Like in your like why is this? Yo, you you so true. You're so true with what you say. Like that's how it is. It's like Farakway is so funny. Um, you can walk in one neighborhood, just like you said. Everything is nice. Everything big houses. You know, rich area looking. And then you walk down the next block. It's like wait, where are we? Like it's just like. It's just crazy like that. I don't, I don't, I don't really. I know right now it's like they're building a lot of new homes and condos mm-hmm. and stuff too. Like um, mm-hmm. they trying, they trying, they trying to bring you know like a different kind of group in mm-hmm. than the as they should. The, it's about the minorities mm-hmm. and and everything and like kind of push us out. I guess you mm-hmm. know a little bit. So as as as. As the years is going by, I'm noticing more and more and more, like, they're kind of pushing us out and bringing in, like, a different group, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, the hood is getting, is getting, the hood is staying the hood. The place where the hood is, like, 
we don't never get no help to stay in the hood. They just worried about them other areas they're trying to get better right now, you know? Yeah, and this is almost a theme across America, right? Because um, I, I went to Atlanta, yeah. I went to Atlanta recently, and it's weird because the Bluff, which is like the most known, notorious neighborhood, one of the most notorious neighborhoods in the country, is right across the street from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, right? So it's like, mm. it's literally a tale of two cities. It's like on one side, you got the stadium, you got lounges and bars, and then when you go on the other yeah. side, you're literally like in one of the most poverty-driven neighborhoods. Now, when people hear a Killer Clay record or this uh, this project that we have um, coming out on the horizon, what, what are the fans going to expect? As far as Rockaway, the standard's pretty high. We have chinks. We had stack bundles. We, there's been many others. Um, but we haven't had that type of leadership in Far Rockaway in a while. So when they hear Killer Clay, uh, what are they getting? What are they expecting? When they hear Killer Clay, I call myself Wordplay Clay. I feel like I'm... Mad dope and wordplay. That's my thing, you know. Like when you hear me, you gonna hear balls. You gonna hear realness. You gonna hear the hood. You gonna hear what I've been through. Mm-hmm. And then you gonna hear little elements of the the same legends that you said before me. You gonna hear it because they they all through me. I listen to all to all of them, and mm-hmm. we we from the same place. You know what I'm saying? So it's, we talk that talk. Like you know, just like you said, Far Rockaway is like his own little area. But so for us to get a little shine. We got to go extra harder. We not like, for instance, a Brooklyn. Uh, um, You see how Brooklyn, Brooklyn got everybody in they, they hood popping up and yeah. doing at least getting a deal. Um, Even, even, uh, just like you said, Harlem. Harlem got a little movement going. Um, You know, and even, even, not even Far Rockaway, I should say Queens. Queens really have to have a young, hungry, you know, spitter. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. So I feel like I could bring that. I'm, I'm, I'm that. You know, I'm gonna bring that to the game. You know. Yeah, that's dope. And Queens, Word. Queens set the standard so high with legends like Nas and Cool G Rap and LL Cool J. I mean, Queens really birthed a lot of the sound that we heard in the '90s. Now, Clay, when it's all said and done, I mean, you know, we we have some new body of work coming out. But when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want the fans to remember your music for? When it's all said and done, I want my fans to remember me for being like I, I I'm a real rapper. I'm not like how some people will come up and say I don't want to be the best. And I want to be the best, you know. Mm-hmm. Like so, when I want my legacy to finish, like I want people to say, "Dang, this dude was one of the best," and he he was different. He found a he found a niche in his craft, and he kept going. You know, mm-hmm. like I I, I want to be like in my own, have my own sound, have my own. Just like how you said a Nas and. When they came out, they never, they brought their own sound. They didn't follow or, you know, they brought their own elements to the game. That's what I want to bring. You know, I want, when it's all said and done, they remember that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Killer Clay, thanks for coming to the Infamous Hour. Um, you already know. So Invite me anytime, big bro. Nah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, so, so what's the next song we're going to hear that people are going to hear? Um, and any shout-outs where they can follow you on social media? Um... Social media is at Killer Clay. You know what I'm saying? Um, I got my partner. You can follow him too at Tavon 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, our YouTube is Tavon 100. Any any of our videos, I got tons of videos out like, and they viral. You know, you want to see Batty, mm-hmm. you want to see Bray, you want to see Fly. Like videos is lit. Um, but our next our next song we about to get into is called Guevara. That's off everything makes sense now too. Available on all platforms. Y'all stream that, play that, share that. You know the vibe, huh? 
All right, that's what it is. It's the infamous owl. We'll be right back here on your local FM radio station. And shout out to the people who listen on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and much, much more. Killer Clay, thanks for popping in. We'll be right back.